0: Welcome to Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics presented by UMass Memorial Health. Welcome to the latest episode of Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics presented by UMass Memorial Health. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Gale. Today, I'm excited to be chatting again with Holy Cross Director of Athletics, Kit Hughes. He's now two months into his tenure here at Holy Cross. It's been a busy few months already with some big coaching news and another Patriot League title. Kit, it's always great to see you. Thanks for joining us here on Seder Stories. No, thanks, Kevin. It's great to be with you.
1: Uh, it seems like yesterday we were sitting out on, uh, on the basketball court spread out. We had about 15 feet in between us, you know, talking on that first day and, and uh, you know, that that certainly was a whirlwind experience, but one that was really special uh, for for me and my family. And so it's, it's great to be with you here again. I know we've had a chance to see each other throughout basketball season, uh, and as you said, it was an exciting one. So excited to uh, to talk to you today and and hopefully provide some insight in terms of how things have been going here in the early parts of uh, my time uh, in Worcester.
0: No, I appreciate hearing that. I really enjoyed that conversation, and it came right after your opening press conference remarks when I remember there was a lot of emotion in your eyes and in your voice. I'm curious now, after the first two months on the job, among all the things you've learned about Holy Cross so far, what stands out to you most and and how does that match with your image that you had of the college on that very first day?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think things have been pretty consistent with what I, what I was kind of ceiling, seeing and feeling from the first, not just my first day being announced, but my first day on campus during the hiring process. And that was how many people um, truly care deeply about this, about this place and see incredible potential you know, for the school. Um, you know, that has been a common thread through conversations I've had, whether it's been with head coaches, people in our community. Alumni, uh, and I've heard from a number of them, uh, and reached out to a number of them to to connect and start those, you know, building those relationships. You know, just like I said on on that first day. And so, you know, one of the big points for me was the fact that, you know, whatever we're going to do, whatever we're going to be able to accomplish, uh, we're going to need to do it together, um, as a full community, a full Holy Cross community, and that involves an awful lot of people. Uh, and what I've seen so far is. That's exactly how people view it. People are engaged. People have, uh, you know, have are passionate and have strong opinions and are uh, confident and willing to share those opinions. Which I love that. And that's why I would choose that, you know, every day of the week and twice on Sundays if I could, you know, to have have that kind of passion around a department. And people have certainly shown that over the first two months. So kind of the high level of uh, you know engagement and the fact of, of of people really seeing the opportunities that that exist. And the fact that Holy Cross is a special place where we can accomplish uh, really everything. Um, You know, that's been a consistent thread and one that I've been really, really excited about.
0: One of the big threads we've been hearing outside the program, maybe the biggest headline so far is football coach Bob Chesney signing a contract extension on the Hill through 2026. How important was that for you among all those early meetings to get that deal done this winter?
1: I'd say it was extremely important, you know, and, and it was, you know, obviously kind of learning about, you know, the program and coach from afar and then having a chance to get to know him, you know, in person on a daily basis and, and a little bit more insight in terms of the program, engage with the student-athletes, uh, attend a recruiting event where I get to see our staff on full display in terms of how they're recruiting, uh, you know, young people into, uh, onto our campus and seeing them do that the right way. It just, you know, all of that in addition to the competitive success that we've had Um, You know, over the last several years under coach's leadership, um, you know, it just became much more and more important with every passing day to do that. Um, You know, it's uh, it's something that I knew was important for coach. I know, uh, you know, he was as eager as I was to have those conversations and uh, move this forward, not just in the best way for him personally, but for the program as a whole. And I learned a lot about coach going through the process and it just reaffirmed, you know, that we were doing the right thing through those conversations and gave me a really high level of confidence to work through that. You know, the support from president Rougeau on down as we went through, was tremendous across campus. That also was incredibly encouraging and exciting for me to see that, that level of support, you know, for, and belief in athletics and what we're doing and how, how meaningful this is and not just to the athletic part, but, but to the entire college. Um, that was a fantastic part of the process. So I was uh, really pleased with the way things went. Uh, you know, how quickly we are able to move on that and really uh, as much as anything to, to show folks, because that's something I was asked quite a bit about uh, in the early going from a lot of different people. What what's going on what's going on, uh, you know, with football and with Coach Chesney. And we really, you know, uh, really believe that, you know, what he's he's the right person to, to lead us into the future. You know what I think it, it, it symbolizes that coach feels the exact same way about the opportunity he has at Holy Cross. And that this can be, uh, you know, uh, uh, a top level, nationally top level job, and that we can win at the highest levels here. And we can achieve in all those areas that are incredibly important to all of us, you know, uh, in competition, you know, in the classroom and in the community. And, uh, you know, he sees that opportunity here. And I think that as much as anything is what that contract extension signifies. And so, again, it took everybody. Um, the 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 community the city of the of Worcester you know the you know uh, being being happy and being part of a community it uh, it really helps when we have great people and we want to keep them that they feel comfortable and confident and and secure and and welcomed in the community and I know Coach feels that very much so and and on down through through our campus our staff our athletic department our support uh, services you know it's really a reflection of of some great work that's being done across all areas of our of our organization
0: no question holy cross football has set a new standard in the patriot league the only team in the country this year at the fcs level that has a chance to make it four conference titles in a row. I mean, that's that's an incredible run. How does that set a new standard for the rest of the athletic department? You said how everybody works as a whole, how there's a lot of shared vision. Football's a unique animal in the way that it's contested at the college level. How does that set a tone for the entire department?
1: Well, I think, you know, and it's said uh, you know, a lot and I tend to believe it, you know, winning is is contagious and, and showing the model for how we can move forward through everything, you know, that we can recruit the best, we can develop them to their full potential, and we can win here. And showing that example is important. And, and just like in anything, somebody always has to go first, right? And in this case, football's going first. Well, we have some other programs that are, that are, are right there and they're ready to go next. And I think as people view it, you know, uh, you know, all of my coaches, all of my student athletes, all of my staff, myself, I can see what's possible and it's going to motivate me to, to, to do the same and, and achieve that, you know, uh, you know in my own program or in, in the own, in the context of the work that I'm doing. And so it, it's, it's inspiring to see what they've done. Um, you know, I do believe it's deeply meaningful in terms of across our department. And I think the ultimate success that we have across the board in all of our programs, you know, we'll be able to point to examples, you know, football, you know, not the only one to say, this is where it started. This is where we saw it. This is where we learned what was possible this is where we made the decision no we can do this too and we start start changing our our, our sites and setting our sites higher in terms of competitively what's possible um, and I'm really excited for that I'm excited to be a part of it um, again what what I'm what I'm truly excited for are those next next examples I know there's one program we're probably gonna gonna chat a little bit about here too who's had some recent success but uh, really excited to start adding people to that. So that, again, it just becomes that much more uh, inspiring and motivating for the group.
0: That's what we call a perfect segue, Kit. Uh, Let's talk about those defending now Patriot League champs in women's basketball. Uh, They also played in the NIT. It's just been a tremendous success for head coach Maureen McGarity In just her second year at Holy Cross, she's already won coach of the year in the Patriot League. They took home the regular season hardware. I mean, how exciting was it to watch that team's run just, just a couple weeks into your tenure?
1: You know, the first, uh, the first athletic event that I was able to a- attend, you know, among the first I was able to attend in person was a women's basketball game. And, uh, and right from the beginning, seeing the way that that team competes was incredibly exciting and really tells me, told me all you know, what I needed to see, that they were going to have a very, very uh, bright future in the second half of the season. Um, and they, and they did, they went on and did it. And you, in the, the thing that was great was to see their confidence grow with each game. And I remember a conversation I had the, in the hallway with, with, uh, with our coaching staff talking about a road trip after we had just had a couple wins and that was start. they could start to see the confidence build. And if we can go on the road and do this, what that was going to do for the level of confidence in terms of what that would say moving forward throughout the rest of the year. Well, they went on that road trip and they did get a win. And it just started to build and you could really feel it. And I think everybody could, Um, you know, I think people were feeling it even as they were kind of watching the stream or just tracking scores. It was like, there's something going on. And it really was that level of confidence uh, and support that was going on with, you know, within the team. Um, You know, coach obviously did a fantastic job leading them throughout the season, but it's an entire staff, you know, and and like everybody, it's, it's not just, you know, coach McGarity; it's her entire staff. Being on the same page and really working with their team to make sure that the team knew what was going on and they could build confidence through being a part of that process. And so that was really fun to watch. Um, You know, uh, as we got down towards the end, they were going in playing their best basketball. And, you know, for any of our teams, you know, playing your best as you're going towards the postseason, that's all you can ask for. Um, And then you get in the, you know, you get in the postseason and and the tournament is just a different, you know, it was just a completely different animal. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously kind of the way that the Patriot League tournament ended was somewhat surreal. And I'm sure to a degree we're all still recovering from uh, from seeing that. But it doesn't do anything to diminish the work that was being done and the pr- preparation that was being done and the confidence that was being built and the achievement of winning a regular season. Uh, that's incredibly hard to do. And uh, yeah, I know we're just all incredibly proud of them.
0: Absolutely, I remember covering Maureen McGarity when she was the head coach in New Hampshire. She had built a lot of success with that program in America East. But when she took the job at Holy Cross, she told me there were times throughout my career, I said, Holy Cross is a destination. That's the place I really wanna end up. And I think we saw that during this winter season, all the fans, all the student athletes from all the other programs, packing the Heart Center and proving again This is a community that really supports men's and women's basketball. How important is that community buy-in?
1: It's incredibly important to me. And folks have already heard me saying they'll continue to. You know, if if we want other people to support us, we have to support one another. And it starts inside. It starts here. And our level of support from our, from our teams and coaches and student-athletes for one another, at least to this point in my tenure, is something that has been really encouraging for me because I think a lot of that culture already exists. And so how do we expand upon that? And how do we build upon that, you know, internally? And then obviously, how do we then make those connections externally so that we're getting the community, you know, involved? And that word together will come up all the time. And, and this is another example of it. Anything that we're going to accomplish, big picture. You know, and I'm I think about it constantly as I'm watching these NCAA tournament games for the men's the men and the women, um, and all these exciting things that are going on, and 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 watching upsets take place like last night's game, um, or even close. You know, I was watching a, a former MAC institution compete and take take a you know a Pac-12 team right to the limit, uh, and have be in a position to win that game, and it it's just I'm getting the chills now talking about it because it's so motivating. Because if we do it together and we get people engaged that can be us. And that will be us. And, you know, it's if it, that's not an overnight thing, that's not a light switch, it's going to take time. But that's where, where we're going to get to. And so that's something that I'm just, uh, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be at a place where we can aspire to that to those things, we can aspire to, to reach those heights, and then go after and get them. I, you know, I'm, I, I'm very grateful for it. And that gratitude motivates me. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to do that work. But You know, getting our student athletes supporting one another, absolutely critical. Getting our campus community, our faculty, our staff, our students supporting what's going on here, absolutely critical. And I had so many people uh, towards the end of the year that were saying, you know what, I've worked on campus for a number of years. And the first game I've been to was that Navy game. And I'll be a Crusader fan for life. And I'll be back. And I can't wait to come back and support these. And, you know, my first and my first inclination, while it may have been, well, why is that the first game you've attended? I'm going to let that go because that's not important. And it's just, what are we doing moving forward? That's exciting. Like I want more of those stories and we need more people engaged because as a residential community, you know, a a small liberal arts residential college, you know, athletics should be a, a huge part of the experience, for our students and our faculty and our staff and our administration. And seeing people start to get involved with it uh, and have a great experience, that's that's really exciting. So I'm excited for more of that as we move forward.
0: And there's no time to rest as the athletic director, right? I mean, one season just blends into another. We go from championship winning basketball season for women's hoops, great progress by men's hoops. And of course the two hockey programs as well, building something special for the future, but now we've got to start looking toward the spring. So what do the next two months look like for you as we pivot toward the spring and the summer?
1: Yeah. So you're right. I mean, the, there's kind of no rest for the weary, you know, we've kind of, we went through that transition season. Now we're, we're, we're outside getting into the spring. And I think that's, you know, first off the teams are, are they they're going, Right. They've been going and they've been, I've, you know, seen them in the indoor practice facility early mornings and how hard they've been working. And, and so the, the, their opportunity to get outside and play and compete early season. And we've had some trips down south for for some of uh, for baseball, softball, where they've gone out and been able to compete with teams that have been outside for a long time and lots of learning. A lot of a lot of youth in some of these programs too, and so getting a chance to get out and compete and learn and do and grow very quickly in the early going. So I'm excited to get them have them uh, with opportunities to uh, compete here at home. You know, it's special to be able to play in in your own facility, and so those are are kind of coming up and and we've had a few, but more are on deck, and so I'm just excited to be there. You know, i'm excited to get out and support them and see them and, and spend time more time with them and you know uh, meet meet families like I've, I've had a chance to do to this point and and just again start to build that community and start to build those relationships and uh support them any way that i can you know people are are excited to get out and uh, and see it and, and support what's going on here and uh that i'm really looking forward to that as well
0: That's great to hear. And one of the things I first noticed about you, Kit, was when you're on site, you're shaking hands, you're meeting everyone, you're talking with anyone who's connected or just even curious about your program. So I've got to ask about Athletics Giving Day, which is coming up soon. What can we expect from that alumni engagement?
1: So I'd just say right now, there's an awful lot of work going on behind the scenes to get us organized Mm -hmm. uh, in order to execute a day like that, which is just so critically important to our programs, you know, operationally. From a scholarship standpoint, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of growth that's neat that's going to happen here, and things like the Crusader Athletic Fund and Giving Day are a an integral part of that process, right? As we kind of you know, we look at it, and we're looking at you know uh, you know kind of matching up resources and expectations. There's a there's a lot of different pieces that we need to get to work on, trying to maximize so that we can provide tools and resources to our coaches and students that they can then go and, and uh, compete at the highest level and, and achieve some success. So Athletics Giving Day is a big part of that. You know, it's geared specifically uh, outside the, the college giving day where we were focused, at least from an athletic standpoint, on the Excellence Fund, which is an unrestricted fund uh, within the athletic department where, you know, I have an opportunity with my staff to apply those funds more broadly across our areas of greatest need. Giving Day for athletics is specific to those sports. You know, and, and if people are passionate about individual sports within the Holy Cross athletics community, that's their opportunity to make a difference. And uh, so a lot of work is going on behind the scenes to prepare us for that uh, initial outreach um, for some folks, making sure that they're, that they're aware. They know what's going on. They know why this is important for us. And they know where, you know, they're going to have an opportunity to make an impact. And so all those efforts are going on. and, And once we get a little bit closer to the 20th, know we'll begin uh, rolling some things out and hopefully getting people engaged but you know I'm really grateful for the work that's being done by our staff both on campus and in uh, the advancement office as well as here within our external side within the athletic department they're really doing great work and so very encouraged by you know everything I'm seeing from that standpoint and hopefully we can have a great day and, and then that'll lead to some some more great days
0: in the future. No question bright future ahead Let's take a quick break. When we get back, we'll continue our chat with Holy Cross Director of Athletics, Kid Hughes. What does
1: it mean to be relentless? It means providing access to great medicine for everyone. UMass Memorial Health, the relentless pursuit of healing.
0: Find the help you're looking for at ummhealth.org. At Wedman's, we've packed our fresh and delicious salads with incredible flavor Each one is made with our very best ingredients, like fresh greens, imported cheeses, and our signature dressings. We've packed big, delicious flavor into every bite for salads that are endlessly good.
1: At Fuel America, we've created a place for people to gather, to share their stories. We are a destination and we are a starting point because Fuel America is not just our name, it's our mission.
0: Run, roll, walk.
1: Massachusetts is getting moving again, and UMass Memorial Healthcare is here to do our part. Push, pull. We're the region's leader in orthopedics with more doctors, more expertise, and more more locations than anyone else. Stir, kick, get moving again. With UMass Memorial Healthcare's orthopedics experts, appointments available now. Call eight five five UMass MD. UMass Memorial Healthcare,
0: a proud sponsor of Holy Cross Athletics. Just across Worcester, WPI graduate students are collaborating on solutions to the world's greatest challenges. Their innovations are transforming everyday lives and our alumni have rewarding careers in robotics and data science to advance manufacturing and business. What will your impact be? Start exploring today at wp.wpi.edu forward slash grad explore. Welcome back to Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics presented by UMass Memorial Health. I'm your host, Kevin Gale, joined again by Holy Cross Athletic Director Kit Hughes. Now, you mentioned that great sit-down conversation we had when you first took the job, and we talked about your success at Bowling Green in Ohio. Today, I'd love to dig a little bit deeper into your Massachusetts roots. Now, growing up nearby, you attended Belmont Hill. How much is Massachusetts part of your identity? Oh, man.
1: Um, you know, it's I, I get emotional thinking about it, to be honest with you. I, um, uh, I think... I think if you asked anybody who's met me or known me uh, particularly over the last 15 years when, when my family and I have not lived in New England, uh, they would probably be able to give you a better answer than I can. And, and I think what they would tell you is that I am a, um, absolutely a, a Massachusetts and Boston guy through and through um, I, they probably, uh, you know, hear a lot less about Boston these days now that I'm gone uh, because I would talk about it constantly. Um, and you know, when, when, uh, it doesn't hurt when, when New England sports teams are having a lot of success over the last 15 years, um, because it gave me a lot of opportunities to showcase that, um, you know, on, uh, with, with people and have a lot of, de- uh, a lot of debates. And so, uh, you know, I've been out there carrying the banner for, for New England sports and, and, and the city of Boston and Massachusetts for a long time. I've encouraged anybody. and I, I can't tell you how many different recommendations I've provided to people or taken family trips to the East coast and map to help them map out their trip. And these key places, you've got to see this, you've got to go here. Um, that's something that I've, uh, I've enjoyed. And I've had an awful lot of people reach out to me from North Carolina and and, uh, and Ohio asking for that same sort of stuff. So, you know, it, it's, it's always been very important to me. You know, I always, you know, my wife and I would joke that for people that are, are, are so what are the odds that we would have lived outside of new england for as long as we have because we are so deeply you know rooted here um you know and it's just you never know where life is going to take you so i'm 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 thrilled that it did we we had a chance to learn about some really wonderful places um you know raleigh north carolina north carolina the carolinas as a whole you know the midwest you know spending you know living in ohio but traveling into michigan and you know illinois indiana you know Pennsylvania, some some great places where we act. We have a lot of recruits from, so I've been able to connect with with some of those students already. Um, but all of those things led me to the opportunity that that put me here, sitting here and talking with you today, Kevin. And that's that's why I wouldn't change any of that for the world. I, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled for the experience I've been able to have, and couldn't be more excited to be back home. Um, you know, and and uh, in and up in really a place where I feel like is the absolute perfect place for me and my family to be. So excited about that.
0: Wow, that's incredible. I mean, I feel like that's for an audience of one, because I think you and I have a very shared experience in that way. We followed a lot of job opportunities around the country, including a lot of the states you just mentioned for myself personally. But I always knew that this was the place, this was the destination I wanted to land. And my wife and I feel very similarly about this is the place we want to stay. Now, you mentioned earlier spring sports looking ahead. I know you're excited about lacrosse season. I mean, it's already underway. You were a student athlete yourself. Was lacrosse what drew you up to Bowdoin college in Maine?
1: Uh, it was, it was a huge part of it, honestly. And, and uh, you know, I, I got onto Bowdoin late in the process. My, my sights were, were, I had my at 17, you know, it's amazing what you know for certain when you're 17 and 18 years old. And I knew for certain kind of what I wanted to do. And, You know, I had one of my lacrosse coaches, um, uh, an assistant coach, and he had played at Bowdoin, and he had pulled me aside one day early in my senior season and said, "Hey, you know, I think you should look up there, uh, because I think you'd be you'd be great. You're great. You'd be a great fit." Um, He knew that I, you know, I wanted to be a multi-sport athlete, and and the is great for for those uh, for kids who want to do that, and uh, that was the first time that anybody had talked to me about Bowdoin, honestly, and so I. You know, I really, I looked up to him. I still do. We actually just, I just, we were emailing last week. He's a headmaster at a local school here in Massachusetts and, and, uh, and we're going to get together for lunch here soon. But, you know, that led to an introduction being made. Um, you know, I, I had heard from, from their hockey staff, uh, at that point as well. And so it, it kind of led to a, a winter visit. I, I went up there with two of my teammates, uh, my hockey teammates who were visiting as well. And uh, we went up there and checked, and checked the school out. And um, I just really, I fell in love with it from the beginning. But lacrosse was definitely the, the, the thing that opened that door. And is a great example of, you know, you having a teacher, having a coach who sees in you something that, you know, sees an opportunity for you to grow in a way that maybe you don't see yourself and helped mentor and lead me in that way into a situation where I was able to excel and get the most out of myself and grow, um, you know, in the classroom, academically, athletically, socially, and then set me up, uh, you know, for the rest of my life. And and had it not been for his, his friendship and mentorship, you know, I might not have been there. And so it, it speaks to the impact of sports. It speaks to the impact that coaches can have on young people and all the great things that, that are happening both at the, at the high school level. And then also what we're doing here and kind of the meaning of the work that's being done besides just, you know, playing games. And so that was my experience. Um, You know, lacrosse is a sport that I got turned on too late um, again. Uh, You know, I broke my thumb, baseball player, uh, broke my thumb, missed my my eighth grade season and my summer ball going into high school, which is a tough time not to be playing. And uh, one of my hockey coaches was one of my lacrosse coach was the head lacrosse coach. And he spent the winter saying, whispering in my ear behind on the bench saying, Hey, come play lacrosse. Come play. You know, I think you'd be good. So I picked up a stick for the first time on spring break as a freshman in high school and, and then went out and tried out the next week and, and ended up having a a wonderful experience and met, you know, some of my best friends for life, you know, through, through playing the sport. And so, you know, I'm excited to support, you know, you know, all of our student athletes, Um, you know, it's like my children, they're all my favorite. Um, (laughs) But, but I have a, you know, but I, you know, I can get out and at least try to still throw it around a little bit. I really, okay. Yeah. I, I, I did go out and and do that. And I, you know, one of our students was out there in the indoor practice facility last month and on a Saturday. And I said, he was out there by himself, just putting in extra work, which I love to see. And I, I said, all right, I grabbed my stick, my college stick that's in here. I went out and he and I had a catch for probably and talked for probably 30 minutes. And, you know, as the time went on and I'm starting to get more and more comfortable and and then I say, okay, one last one. I go for that last shot. And my 20-year-old lacrosse stick, it, I, oh. it hit the sidewall and my stick broke. <laughs> I said, I, I was shocked it, it didn't happen on the first one, to be honest. I mean, this I had like the original stick. You know, he's looking at it saying, oh my gosh, I have version 12, you know, and that's the first one they ever made. So, uh, no, it was fun. And its it, I'm excited to get out there and and watch and, and see it. and And certainly that's a game that's, that's meant an awful lot to me.
0: Let's reach out to the lacrosse program and get Kit a new stick. (laughs) Yeah. That'll be the next step. I
1: appreciate that. Thank you.
0: (laughs) I liked how you mentioned coming back to New England. It allows you to cross paths with people that were so influential in your career. After Bowdoin, you came back to Boston. You worked at BC. That was your first opportunity at a power five school. And then you went to NC State where you pivoted from the coaching side to the administrative side. I was curious about why that leap was the best option for you and how it led to this seat you're sitting in right now.
1: Sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, to, for when I think about it, I, I take it back to when, you know, when I'm, when I'm leaving college and kind of what I'm thinking that I want to do. And at that point in time in my life, I really, I, I saw myself, I, the two things I wanted to do, I either wanted to go work at the high school level and be a teacher coach um, because I had this unbelievable experience, a profound growth experience uh, when I was at Belmont Hill with teachers who are also my coaches and kind of that taking the classroom and then and then taking it as the out, outdoor classroom. And that's how I've always viewed it. I view it now. That's what I believe we're doing here um, is the outdoor classroom. And so that's how I related to it. You know, I really thought hard, long and hard about going high school level teacher coach. The other side of me, um, I was really interested in in potentially going to business school. Mm -hmm. And uh, both my parents were, you know, had kind of, uh, had worked in the city in traditional business type positions. And, you know, that I had, uh, that was a lot of my kind of what helped form me growing up. And so I was kind of evaluating those things. And I had a a friend who was working at the college level. uh, And he said, you know, have you ever considered college athletics? Because you know the, the the mentoring, the teacher coach, the sports, but then also the business side. College athletics really blends a lot of those things together, and I think you might enjoy it. And that was the first. He was the first person that ever had mentioned that, and I, I gave that a lot of thought. Um, you know, before I I took you know or I, before I applied for that first job, I did an awful lot of informational interviews. I call them with people throughout different industries and. Um, you know, coaches to sports agents, to uh, high school teachers, to, you know, uh, prof- some professor, uh, family friends, and just trying to learn as much as I could. And, uh, and that's where I kind of made my mind. I said, yeah, this is something I want to try. Applied for my first role, which was an administrative role in compliance. Um, as somebody who had no compliance background uh, and very little perspective coming from a Division three school, I look back on the opportunity to, to get that job or, uh, you know, or even compete for that job at Boston College, how fortunate I was. Uh, and I had a chance to work with some great people, um, uh, Stephen Kuh, Lisa Dibler, Jerome, Jerome Rogers, names that may not, you know, uh, mean anything to people who are listening, but they mean a lot to me because they're the first people who gave me that opportunity and then helped me grow and learn what this whole thing, Division One athletics is about. You know, as that was concluding, you know, the football move, you know, I knew I at some point did want to go get my master's degree and they reached out and uh, gave me an opportunity to become a graduate assistant, get my master's in, at the Lynch School at BC and uh, and get to work in, in football. And that's how it started. And, and really, it was just that kind of growing through that process. I, I believed at the time that becoming an athletic director one day was something I, I wanted to do. I, I had meetings with our athletic director at Boston College. I watched him very closely. I started to just kind of become, you know, really involved with kind of what this all meant, and it's something I believed I really wanted to do. But as I connected those dots, you know, my my path it wasn't just straight administration. The the, the football side and being on staff uh, that's kind of where my opportunities were, and uh, and that's how I approached it. Was it's. Um, Right now, I, early in my career, it wasn't about what I was doing. It was how I was doing it. And uh, just being passionate and all in on the learning piece and, uh, and taking advantage of every opportunity that I had. And so that's how I did it and, and had a great experience with football. Um, the transition at NC State, you know, really, that was one where I knew I wanted to be an AD. I knew I wanted to transition into administration. What I didn't know is how to do it. And and I was having this tremendous experience. It it was a you know it was addictive. I'm working with students every single day. I'm making hands-on impact, um, and we're we're having success. We're building a program, and um, I didn't know how to how to get out of that. And the decision, in some ways, was made for me. There was a um, you know there was a coaching staff change that was made, um, and uh, you know at the time I I I didn't see it, but it was absolutely it was a part of a kind of a a bigger plan and it, it forced the issue for me to take to take a hard look in terms of what I wanted to do and uh, and I was very very fortunate that an opportunity was was presented to me that allowed me to make that transition and uh, and that's kind of that is how it all came to pass and all the experience up to that point led to that opportunity you know you know uh, whether it was football or whether it was that internship everything has been connected it just isn't necessarily one that you'd see and say how did Oh, I see how that came together. Um, but it all has come together uh, and been connected to one another. And so I have a, um, I'm have extremely grateful for my, the, the coaching staff experience because I've sat in those offices. I've sat in those. I've, I've, I've been a part of recruiting student athletes. I've been a part of, you know, kind of the, the day-to-day, hand-to-hand uh, staff meetings, working with teams, building teams, building culture, all those different things. And that's experience that has uh, really served me well as I've made that change into administration. And I have a great deal of respect for our coaches, uh, all of our coaches, not just our, all of our coaching staffs and support staffs for the work that they do, because I know what it takes, because I've sat there myself. What, I, uh, what I've what i been able to learn here these last, you know, uh, however many years since I did make the transition is how hard these, how hard these jobs work. Exactly. You know, when I was in the coaching staff world, sometimes it'd be like, you know, what what are they doing over there? You know, what are they actually doing over there? You know, you know, we're the ones, you know, we're the ones who are doing all this stuff. Like, what do they actually do? Uh, and I found out pretty quickly what, what administrators do and how hard administrators work and how passionate administrators are in supporting teams and students. Um, you know, it's, it takes everybody. And I have a lot better perspective, you know, on that now that I've had a chance to make that transition.
0: Just amazing how those little opportunities add up to the, to the biggest opportunity that you have now at Holy Cross. Mm -hmm. I was talking with Sean Mallier a couple episodes ago here on Seder Stories, Holy Cross basketball alum, walked onto the team because he followed an opportunity, ended up as one of the first black fighter pilots for the U S Marine Corps. He ended up as a ski coach. And what he said is he tells every, every student on campus, Just just follow any opportunity. Say yes to everything. I'm curious through your experience, what your little nugget of advice would be. If you could take any, not just student athletes, but any students on the campus, what would you say to them that has helped lead you to this point in your career that, that you feel they could replicate?
1: I'd say, I'd repeat what I said earlier. It's not what you're doing. It's how you're doing it, right? How are you doing it? You get an opportunity. Are you absolutely maximizing the opportunities that you have? You know, are you becoming indispensable? Are you becoming reliable for people that they can trust you, that they know you're going to show up and have the kind of attitude and effort that they want as a part of their group? Because people who approach things that way, it doesn't matter what it is, tend to get more, more opportunities. Because when you start thinking, okay, we we have this we have this vacancy, or we have that we're, we're thinking of this position. Who are people that could be great fits for this? It is always the people who approach their, approach their work that way, right? They are the hardest worker. They are committed. They are, they work well with other people and they're always, we can always count on them to get things done. Those are the folks who tend to get opportunities. And so being less focused on this um, picture that we all create in our mind of exactly what we want our opportunities to look like, it might not look like that and that's okay take full advantage of it, and then make the most of that opportunity. And, uh, and just think every day, how am I doing this? You know, earning it every single day. You do that, the next opportunity is going to come. And I believe that fully. Um, you do that, and the next opportunity is going to come. And, you know, the, the story you shared, you know, that just strikes me. I mean, in terms of there being no limits, you know, there's no limits. You know, don't limit yourself uh, or say what you can and can't do from certain spots, Right. Um, You know, I think that this is the kind of school where we have uh, have uh, we're going to attract folks who want to truly have uh, have success in all areas of their life. And they're going to want to be able to have it all and uh, and not have limits on themselves. And I think, uh, you know, getting them to understand, you know, seeing those opportunities and approaching things in in that manner is going to serve them incredibly well moving forward. So anybody who is kind of going through the progression Um, that's what I would, that, uh, that's exactly what I would, uh, would say to them. And I would also say that probably the skill or, 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 or the quality that they're going to learn to value and lean on the most is perseverance because this is not easy. And what I just described is not easy. And they're going to be, and you're going to find out how much you want to do this. That's the other thing I tell people all the time. A lot of people say they want to do something till they find out exactly what it takes to do it, but you're going to find out. You know, when you, when you, uh, when you're getting started in in athletics, you know, my first job paid was 10 months, paid me a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. My next job paid me less. I was living in Brighton. My rent was 1250 a month. So uh, this isn't a, a, there's no math in this podcast, but I think we can all understand that that math does not work. No. Right. Um, I wanted things to move faster than they did. I wanted opportunities to be there that, that, that weren't. I wanted things to connect along my timeline and I could have turned away many, many times, but it was important to me, truly important to me. And so I persevered and continued to push and hang in there when uh, there were times where, where I was, you know, the, the voice in the back of my mind was saying, it's time to do something else. And I said, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to keep doing this. And so that level of perseverance, I think is incredibly important and people who are wired that way and, and, and can do that. Um, I think set, put themselves in a position to be successful, whether it's you're talking about college athletics or anything else. And really these are, these are things that I got, not just from my parents, but, uh, from my participation in athletics, because these are the, these are the things you learn being on a team.
0: Kit, this has been great to learn more about your story, your path to Holy cross and, and how you feel other students and student athletes can, can replicate that journey. But, uh, We wanted to finish this up with a little bit of fun. I'm going to call this quick hits with kit. I just came up with that in real time. This is (laughs) going to be a handful of questions that we're going to fire off here just to, just to mix this up a little bit. So first Mm -hmm. up, and this is tricky. Be careful. This might be the most political question I ask you. Best best meal you've had in Worcester so far. Oh, wow. That is. (laughs) That's a, that's a landmine question.
1: That is, um, You know, you could, you could land a lot of, a lot of ways. Oh, geez. Best meal. I don't want to cop. I don't want to take the cop out easy answer. So I'm going to give this a little bit of thought. The lunch I had after my, on my press conference day with my family and and president Rougeau and members of the executive team in his apartment uh, on campus was the best meal I've had because I had all the right people around me and that's what meals are about. Like, you know, that's what it's about. Right. So I had great people around me and the wraps that were made on campus were outstanding. So I'll put a plug in there for our our campus operation. Right. They did a great job. Um, I haven't gotten to too many places, but uh, I will say I went to Piccolo's Mm -hmm. unreal. And so I hear a lot about Italian uh, Italian food in Worcester and there being a ton of options. Uh, That was, that was spectacular. So um, that was one of my early visits. Um, Also, the night of the press, the, the of the uh, press conference, before we came back for the lessons in Carol's event, we went, uh, my family and I went and grabbed pizza at Volterno's
0: mm.
1: and, uh, and that was, and that was really, really good too. I, uh, being a, a Boston person, I am a huge fan of pizza. Um, and I've had some really, really good pizza in the last two months. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I might need to spend
0: a little bit more time on the treadmill, but, uh, but the pizza has <laughs> been pretty, pretty darn good getting back to this area. No offense to Ohio Pizza, but yeah, welcome back to Massachusetts. Uh, besides your phone, keys, and wallet, what is something you never leave the house without? I
1: have my uh, my backpack. It's it's, uh, it's got my iPad in there. It's got my my notebooks in there. I, I I'm a notes guy. I I take a lot of notes. I write a lot of stuff down. Um, you know, I, I try to, um, and I have. If you are in my office, you see note cards. You know, I I they're all over the place because. I, um, it's just part of my process. I, I have a lot of thoughts. I, I observe and have a lot of ideas. Um, my staff over time will, t- will probably tell you that they're not all winners, but, uh, but, I, but I'm going to write them down. Um, and uh, so I'd never leave without, without that backpack. It's got what I need in there. If I ever got stranded somewhere when I went to the WNIT game the other night um, uh, over at Columbia, uh, I, I flew with one thing and it was that backpack because so uh, if I had the opportunity to take notes or I needed, needed those things, I'd have it. So that's it. And a bottle of water.
0: Try to hydrate. Try to stay hydrated. It's key. Have to. Have to. You're like a comedian. You've got that little notebook. Just every idea that pops into your mind, which is a great <laughs> segue. We wanted to ask you, favorite Saturday Night Live character?
1: <sighs> that's a really hard question because <laughs> that's my favorite show of all time. Um, I've been watching it my whole life. Um, I've never attended, but I have put my name in the lottery to try to get tickets. Um, and so I go, Oof. you're talking character or cast member. You could go character or cast member. Okay.
0: Yeah, you character. Um,
1: character. love Phil Hartman. Yeah. I think Phil Hartman, he's just such a special person. Unbelievable. Caveman There's Wolf. some connections with Amy Poehler and Sherry O'Terry grew up around where I grew up. And so I always was a huge fan of theirs. It's hard for me to find people that I don't like. I'm a big fan of uh, the whole group. So, but those are some first ones that come to mind. And as far as characters, I was always the uh, the cheerleaders, the Sherry O'Terry, Will Ferrell, high Ferrell. school cheerleaders. I, you know, that was just hitting me at the right time in my age, in my development as a high school kid. I just thought that was, that was uh, some of the funniest stuff. And Will Ferrell in general had some of the, Funniest characters, you know, ever. So I have a lot of favorites, but those are some of them.
0: More Cowbell. Yeah, everyone's favorite SNL era is, yeah, whenever that sweet spot was between high school and college. You mentioned some of the uh, local products that have gone through SNL, big Boston presence on that show. What's the best movie based in Massachusetts? And there are a lot of great choices here.
1: My favorite movie is Jaws. Always has been. I've probably seen it. I would hate to count how many times.
0: I consider that filmed uh, set in Massachusetts. Technically Amityville, New York, but yes, it was filmed at the vineyard. So it
1: was, you know, Amity Island
0: uh, filmed on Martha's Vineyard. I go see my sister. I see the the
1: police truck, you know, um, so it's, uh, you know, Chief Brody's truck is there and I see it regularly. So it's hard for me to not think that that was set in Massachusetts. So I'd say that as far as uh, there, I mean, obviously there's an awful lot of good, uh, mob movies that are, that could come through here, you know, through the, through the last I'd stick with my first answer,
0: Joss. And, uh, he improvised the line. You're, you're going to need a bigger boat. That was a joke on set. He came up with that in real time just to make Richard Dreyfuss laugh. That's, that's always a classic. I heard you love a good Boston accent. <laughs> I, I, I got to ask. Is that who's got, we've heard some really bad Boston accents in Hollywood. Who's got the best one. Who's got that. Who's got that accent just right in a movie or TV show where you say that's it.
1: Well, there are many people who've gotten it right in movies. A lot of people have tried one of my favorite things. And I'm sure people have seen it is that uh, Seth Myers video where he is on social media, where he's uh, saying towns in Massachusetts. Hmm? Seth Myers does, <laughs> does, does pretty good. So I give him an awful lot of credit another former SNL guy, you know, I think the, the, you go way back to cheers. I mean, authentic, it was good. Obviously Sam didn't really use one in the show, but the, the, the regulars around the table did and around the bar did. And I think they all did, did a good job. You you talk about TV or movies and accents and, and the Wahlbergs, how do you not bring them up? Right. So that's the real deal. I mean, it's authentic. They are who they are. And that's what, uh, that's what I love. So seeing people who are from the area who've gone on and had success and when they have opportunities to be true to themselves with uh, dialect and, and uh, an accent, um, I'm there for it. I'm there for it every time.
0: Yeah, this has been great. Honestly, it's, it's, it's great seeing you at all the games and, and you've been part of our broadcast throughout the last winter season. We'll look forward to seeing you at all these games again in the spring. And then hopefully a little downtime for you. I know your family's in the process of making the big move out from the Midwest, so so we wish you all the best on that. And uh, again, welcome home to Massachusetts, and and we can't wait to see what's next for you and, and your entire staff of Crusaders and student athletes ahead. Uh, there's there's a lot in the bright future of of this of this college. There's there's no doubt about it.
1: And well, I appreciate it, Kevin. Thanks again for having me, and thanks for all you do for Crusader athletics and and uh, our student athletes. We really appreciate it. Thanks again, Kit.
0: That'll do it for this episode of Seder Stories. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and please be sure to leave us a five-star review. That's the best way for other Crusaders to find our show. Thanks again for tuning in to Seder Stories. I'm Kevin Gale. Let's chat again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seder Stories presented by UMass Memorial Health. Stay in the loop on all things Holy Cross athletics at GoHolyCross.com and at GoHolyCross on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go Cross Go!